What's up, sports ballers? Welcome to a new edition, the first of 2019 uh, of Sports Ball. In this episode, Andrew and I discuss Clemson absolutely dominating Alabama in the college football championship. Oh, so good. Uh, we take a look at the three remaining undefeated teams in college basketball, that being Michigan, Virginia, and Houston, and discuss. Who's most likely to be the last remaining undefeated team? And then we do some predictions of the uh, remaining NFL playoffs. So we pick the winners of this weekend's game, the winners of the conference championships, and predict then, obviously, who's going to be in the Super Bowl. So stay tuned, enjoy the show, and thank you so much for listening. Happy New Year, Cam. To you as well, sir. Hope your uh, year has gotten off well. Uh, yeah, no complaints over here. What about you? No, you know, other than that great Nebraska bowl game win, everything's been going great. Oh, yeah, I know all about good uh, bowl wins. Michigan, Michigan totally beat Florida. Yeah, <sighs> so quick math. Arguably the best defense in the country gave up a hundred and three points in their last two games. Sixty-two to Ohio State and forty-one to Florida. Yeah, not a not a good uh, finish. It's I just I was gonna add up how many games, like how many of our totals from the season on defense it would take to get to 103, but I knew that the answer would depress me. So I didn't do it. But I don't know. It's it's really frustrating, too, when players sit out the bowl game. When Michigan is all, you know, the team, the team, the team. It's all about the team. That's, you know, what they keep preaching. And then Rashawn Gary and Karan Higdon and uh, Bushel Beatty and Devin Bush all don't play. It's kind of hard to buy into the the team the team the team mentality when you know you've got four seniors to decide nah I'm good I'm not going to play Florida and only two of them are first round draft picks Gary and Bush so good news is you've got a basketball team right now uh, yeah we do <laughs> sorry I just had to vent a little bit it's just it's it's annoying. But yeah, no, the basketball team is whoo they're fun to watch. They are one of three remaining as we record this, one of three remaining um undefeated teams along with Virginia and Houston. And they are ranked number two in the country behind Duke, which, you know, Duke's freaking stacked. So I'm okay with that. You know uh, what wasn't very good? What's that? The national championship game last night. Oh, I loved it. I Bit of a... loved it. Well, I mean, the outcome was fine, but in terms of a quality football game, it was a pretty good clunker after about the first quarter, really. I mean, they went back and forth there for the first five to seven minutes, and then after that, it was, it was. I don't know what happened to Alabama, I, and I don't know. I heard some mothers discussing this today. 
I'm not sure why they got away from running the ball. Aside Alabama. from they got, yeah. Aside from they got too, they got down by too much. Yeah, but, that's what it was. Right, but even when the game was manageable, even when they were down two touchdowns, which was what or I guess it was thirty-one sixteen at halftime. So they kept coming out in the second half, and they were having success running the ball, and they got away from it. Well, the um, yeah, the issue wasn't. I think that they got away from it so much as they had five turnovers. Yeah, uh, yeah, the the two red, interceptions and three turnovers on downs. Yeah, the the red zone play was horrendous. I mean, and yeah, I think they turned the ball over three times inside the twenty-five. Um, and you know, one of those turnovers was the pick six at the beginning of the game, and like, I mean. You can you can you can argue that you know it was Alabama's turnovers that were the issue, or you can say you know what, Clemson played a heck of a game on defense and made Tua look completely confused the entire time he was out there. He didn't know what was going on. Yeah, yeah, he he did not look like somebody who who had played was so the runner well. up for the Heisman. Right, the the previous fourteen games. Yeah, no, Clemson Clemson had a perfect game plan. And on the flip side, uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, seemed to like to talk with us today. How fast can he get to the NFL? Which it'll be two more years. <laughs> well, let's not the... let's not you know crown him the next Tom Brady, but the kid's good. He's real good, but he's got a lot to learn before he's going to be NFL ready. He was trying to figure out who he was going to take to prom this time last year. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, yeah, he's nineteen. Yeah, yeah he's down. He's really good. He's really good. He's got a heck of an arm. He makes good decisions. But let's, you know, it to Kirk Herbstreit's point. What's this kid gonna look like in two years after you know his third season in college? That's when you can start talking, you know, NFL stuff because he has to play two more years. He's a true freshman. He can't go to the draft any sooner than that. So, but yeah, he that- seems like he's got a level head. So hopefully all this doesn't, you know, go to his head over the next few years because Clemson's going to be around for, I mean, they're stacked for the next few years. Yeah, that, that Ross kid, that catch he made on the sideline with, yeah, I was with his say, right that hand. Re- that receiving core, I mean, what a night they had. And ETN's a sophomore too. So, yep. he's, I mean, like they are, they're going to, you know, lose some people to the draft, you know, which everyone does or just to graduation, but. They're stacked, man. They are stacked. So he, here's the here's the big question of the night, and the the conservative prevailing, I think, way of thinking is they'll be fine. But but what if this is a, a sizable dent in the Alabama dynasty? Well, dynasties don't last forever. No, but like, like look at what Alabama is going to be returning next year. I mean, well, they went, but they went fourteen and zero. They lost one game. Like they're I, I still, think, they're still incredible. I don't, based on, and and I don't follow Alabama this close closely enough to know this, but there was more talk of it last night. There's no question about what Alabama has in terms of depth and personnel and recruiting, but by some estimates, this was. Nick Saban's weakest staff that he's had at Alabama 
particularly with his coordinators. And right, and that, and that, that was, I think, is the issue is is not so much the recruiting; it's his staff is getting picked off by these other schools for promotions. And he used to be able to reload. It was yeah. it was no problem to reload next man up. He he had a pipeline, mm-hmm. but, but that's from the perspective which I say, all right, maybe last night you know, there those SEC teams are now going to have a full season to really pour over this film, mm-hmm. and and you know maybe maybe we see a, a two loss Alabama next season you know maybe maybe there are some holes that in an off season you can scout Nick Saban made a comment at halftime he said Clemson was running some copycat stuff that other teams had done successfully yep. in the year and, and they weren't ready for it and we're right. going to change it yeah and yep. so I, that's a reflection of poor self-scouting which I, I think you maybe don't see that as much in the lead up to the semifinals because you have more time to self-scout Whereas Clemson's such a talented opponent, you may not have the time to to self scout at the level you you need to uh, ahead of that game. And and Clemson was on the attack. I mean, there was no question. Clemson was the more prepared, the better coached, and, and just the overall better team. Yeah, there's a few moments in the game when Alabama had the ball that you were just totally scratching your head, like the fake uh, field goal. When they're in uh, what, like a four-three base, what previous. in the world? Yeah. Yep. I just it was it happened, and I just started laughing. I'm like, someone just got fired, because like I just don't understand how they thought that was going to work. And then secondarily, the the fourth down play where they uh, pull Tua to the right, I think, just on a quarterback draw. It's like he just what what are you like? And I think Kirk Herbstreit made the comment like. They're just they're out of ideas. What I forget I forget the offensive coordinator's name. He was sitting up at the booth, but he's like he's just it just seems like he's out of ideas. They just don't know what to do. They don't know what's going to work because Clemson is just I mean, and then you just watch like the last quarter of the game that Alabama just was defeated. Yep. And every player is just like this. This is over. Like and they were just beaten mentally at that point. It's it's like when you are are playing Madden and you get down two scores and you know you can't come back so you just throw the kitchen sink out there fake field goals, big pass play attempts, mm-hmm. and and then you get up you know you, you lose your creativity in the red zone the red zone play calling was just awful but yeah yeah like I said I I think if there's a if there's a hot take to be had from last night. And if it ends up being freezing cold on my part, that's fine. But, you know, you, you have to imagine Saban doesn't have a whole lot of years left. He's about 60, 65, 66. I'd give him five five more years, seven max. But he, he has to do something with his, his coaching staff. And I, I trust he will. The man knows how to run an organization, and they'll be back. But you, you do have to wonder, schools – Programs don't don't always bounce back quickly from defeats like that on that on that grand of stage. And, and I speak as a Nebraska Cornhusker fan who have seen in the last ten years a whole lot of bad losses when you think you've got some momentum, mm-hmm. particularly that seventy something to thirty something loss in the uh, two thousand 
I believe it was 12 Big Ten championship to Wisconsin. I mean, that, those are program-defining watershed losses that can can send a program to make a sharp left turn. I And time yeah. will tell as to, to whether or not Alabama makes that turn. Yeah, I just I – th- I think this is a bigger win for Clemson than it is a bigger loss for Alabama. Um, and I, I think that's fair as well. Now, that being said, Clemson's big win could turn into bigger losses for Alabama down the road because I, I just think there's too many talented kids that want to take Alabama down that would rather be David and not Goliath. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think Clemson has proven that. And I think that there are other programs in the country, like Ohio State, hopefully like Michigan, like, you know, like some of the other teams, like, you know, in the SEC or um, uh, I'm, I'm drawing blanks on, you know, who else was in the top 10, but like Oklahoma, Ohio State. Yeah, Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame. Like Michigan. There are, yeah, there are other programs that are one big win away from breaking the elite, you know, barrier where it's not just Alabama and Clemson. And if that happens, then I think Alabama is going to return to, you know, and not to dwell on the topic, but you you talk about, you know, program defining wins, big wins. History is going to be extremely kind to Dabo Sweeney and as it should Mm -hmm. be, but his first five, seven years were, I mean, totally mediocre. Yeah. If not, not above above average at best. Yeah, and then and then they had a breakthrough, and well, and so that's so okay. This man, this really taps into like a lot of stuff that I've been reading and talking about lately, like the idea of small changes repeated over time, and so building the culture that that is now prevalent at Clemson, right? The, the idea of family and loving on the kids, and you know, not just coaching. Uh, the football player, but, but coaching the young man in life and, and all that sort of stuff. And obviously Dabo is an outspoken Christian. So he has, um, you know, spiritual and moral um, reasons for why he is how he is. But th- if you look at his success, like everyone, like you said, won't see the success in that first five to seven years, but that was the most integral part of the whole thing because he was building the foundation slowly but surely every day, making incremental changes to get just a little bit better and just a little bit better and just a little bit better to all of a sudden, boom, they blow up on the stage and they win the national championship two years ago. Yep. You know, and so it's that, it's those years of small incremental changes and getting better and getting just of the two-star recruit, getting, you know, uh, the coaches to improve and, and just slowly building and building and building until all of a sudden there's, I mean, they're stacked for the next. And, you know, turns out he's a really nice dude. So it's just kind of refreshing to see a nice guy have some success. Yeah. yeah and and I, there's it's... a lot of, a lot of coaches, big programs. I'm like, God, you're not a decent human being. I don't yeah. know Nick Saban well enough. He's private enough that I don't have an opinion on him. But guys like Brian Kelly, like, I don't like you, you know? Yeah, I actually a got, into a, a, I got into a pseudo debate with somebody about Saban. I think it's partially he's kind of rigid and, you know, he, he kind of is putting this poor light on the sideline. But I think he's somebody that 
he he is is probably he and and Dabo arguably are, are probably two of the best organizational leaders in the mm-hmm. country right now, regardless of sport, business, church, whatever it is. Those guys could run a McDonald's. They could run a college football team. They could run a bowling alley. They could do anything they wanted because they're incredible leaders. And, and yeah, yes, for sure. You have ego involved in that, and you you have some things that you know you might knock on occasion. But I don't. There's never been a question as to the quality of person Nick Saban is. He's got some quirks. He's got some oddities about him, but people of that talent level typically often have, you know, maybe some social quirks or some. Well, know, yeah. Hates, and I think, I think he eats for him, pies just, for breakfast, whatever it is. Yeah. He's just not, he's not uh, charismatic in the outgoing extroverted way. Right. And so some people think he's mean or a jerk. It's like, he just keeps to himself and he's amazing at what he does. And that's yes. okay. You know, and maybe, you know, but like he gets upset when players make mistakes. That's a coach's job. You show me a coach that doesn't get upset when a player makes a dumb choice. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so anyways, yeah, I think to your point, too, about the whole organization and, you know, kind of leading the being the captain of the ship. Yeah, they're very skilled at what they do. And, and the last point I'll make on this, we've, we've almost gone like 20 minutes on this, is – being a, a Michigan fan and and having Scott Frost now in Nebraska, it and it's difficult from a, to be a, another fan base. But you look at what Clemson did in giving Dabo the resources he needed and giving him the commitment he needed, and to see how it paid off. It's not it's not always going to work in every program that way, but. You know, he was uh, an unknown position coach when he was hired 10 years ago, and a lot of people questioned the hire. And it was a lot of times we get these big, splashy hires that the fans agree with and all that. But, you know, particularly somebody like Harbaugh, who's still yet to win a division title, is, you know, now he enters five, year five, six, seven, and now maybe the pressure does start to build a little bit more because that's that's where the patience can pay off or mm-hmm. it can backfire. Yeah. But enough about football. Spring football will be here before we know it. So will springtime, and I won't have to grill my burgers in the dark anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's real quick jump back to the three undefeated teams. I was Because, you know, the question is, is who's going to be the last remaining undefeated team? Does it matter? No, but it's a fun game to play. And so I looked at their schedules, and, well, Houston doesn't play a single-ranked opponent for the rest of the season. The regular season, that is. So, you know, they have probably the highest chance simply because they have the weakest remaining schedule. Uh, Michigan has to play uh, Indiana, Ohio State, and Michigan State twice within 13 days to close the season. Who's Michigan? What's Michigan's next road game? Um, they're on the road at uh, we have Northwestern at home. Hold on one second, let me pull it up. I think I think we're at Indiana. I think is our next road game. But I mean, uh, that's what that's where I would. Whoever has likely the the toughest road game between 
Duke and well, uh, Duke isn't undefeated, so that's right. So who's the third? Virginia. They have Virginia. a hard schedule left. Okay. They've got to play Virginia Tech twice, Duke twice, NC State, and North Carolina. Yeah, they're not making it through that. Uh, and quite frankly, I don't think Michigan does either. And it's probably for the better. Yeah, I mean, I think Houston has the the easiest road to remain undefeated. Um, but like. I mean, Michigan's hardest remaining games are the two against Michigan State. Easy. Yeah. We handled – I'm not worried about Indiana. I'm not worried about Ohio State. Like, it's just – it is what it is. Yeah, so Michigan's next game is at Illinois, which is going to be a blowout. Then we're home against Northwestern. Then we're at Wisconsin, home against Minnesota, at IU – Home against Ohio State at Iowa at Rutgers, Wisconsin, Penn State, Maryland, Minnesota, and then Michigan State, Nebraska, Maryland, Michigan State, and then we're on to the Big Ten tournament in Chicago. And I really want to go this year because it's only an hour away. Well, you should. I totally should, but you know, that might not be up to me. That's true. So yeah, so I think to your point, yeah, there's no way Virginia is the remaining undefeated. Um, Houston has the best shot, but crazier things have happened. Then I'll make one point on, on Michigan. What if this is the year that, you know, they play really well in the regular season and then they get bounced in like the second round? And it's like the <laughs> anti Michigan story. Yeah. Right. Because it's not, it's not, you know, like if they lose early in the Big Ten tournament and then lose early in the, in the NCAA tournament, it's like, all right, maybe Beeline should go back to the old way of, you know, a, a, a struggle through the most of January well, and then some ups and downs in February and then into high gear in March. I, I mean, I don't really think it's his call on how that works, but <laughs> uh, I understand. I'm just I'm just point, I'm just pointing out that this is like the best regular season Michigan team we've seen in a, yeah. several years. And it'll just be interesting to see if they can continue their fortunes in March. Well, the last. The last time we were 15 and 0 or whatever we are, yeah, 15 and 0 was the 2012 2013 season when we lost to Louisville in the national championship that didn't happen. So, you know, yeah, yeah, it turned out all right. Yeah, well, I mean, stupid cheaters. Anyways, all right, NFL, real quick. Uh, did you watch any of the wild card games? Um,. I watched, yes, I watched the Ravens and the Chargers, and that was that was not a very good game. Lamar Jackson, less than impressive. I saw the highlights, the double doink, and... Yeah, I showed up at my in-laws, like, two minutes after the missed Bears field goal, and my father-in-law was so mad. <laughs> he never gets mad about sports, but he was just like... He was pacing around the kitchen, and oh, it was so funny. I've never seen him that way before. And now the the town here awaits the arrival of Andrew Luck, and the Chiefs look to avenge their awful, awful playoff pass. They're like they're one in ten in their last eleven playoff games, and they haven't won a home game in in I think by my life <laughs> I, I'm not kidding and it's it's got to be the mid 80s if not 
later. But it's no, it, I don't know. It it might be ninety three with Montana. Anyways, yeah, there's in in the the Colts have put a lot of skele- playoff skeletons in the in the Chiefs closet. You you've got the ninety five Lynn Elliott game. The Chiefs are the top seed. The Colts come in. They they win ten seven. Lynn Elliott misses like three field goals. He's probably the biggest goat in Kansas City sports history. Then five years ago, might have been six, is that miraculous comeback by the Colts. The Chiefs were up like 40 to 20 in the fourth quarter, and the Colts came back and won. I think there's one more instance, too. I mean, they've just come in and broken the Chiefs' hearts. But uh, a lot of expectations. They've got home field advantage. Um, there's like this just like nervous, like everyone's just walking on eggshells around here this week because they're just <laughs> waiting to be heartbroken. And I'm not enough. I'm not enough of a Chiefs fan to be that much emotionally invested. In fact, I kind of find it entertaining if they lose just because of the, <laughs> the 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 calls into the radio and all that. You're so you're so mean spirited. Well. I don't know. I enjoy the. I enjoy it a lot more when the Royals are successful than than the the Chiefs. I just can't. I've never gotten emotionally invested into them. I'll yeah. watch the games. I'll enjoy the games, but I I don't even have a Chiefs any Chiefs apparel, a hat, nothing. All right. Well, I think it's time the official sports ball NFL playoff predictions in the NFC: Rams versus Cowboys. Who wins that one? Well, the Rams, or excuse me, the Cowboys' defense looked pretty good um, the other day, from what I saw, and the Rams had kind of sputtered there in the last final weeks. But I think the bye week they've they've rejuvenated Sean McVay, ready to go in L.A. Uh, the Rams win, and then I'll take the the Saints on the other side. Yeah, I... Drew Brees rides again. Oh, man, that Saints-Eagles game I think is going to be really good. Like, the Saints are an eight-point favorite, which is the highest of any of the four games. But the Eagles, man, Nick Foles, it's his time of year. Yeah. Saints defense, man, that's – they actually have a defense this year, unlike most years, so they just have score beats. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I think think the Rams and I think the Saints too, but I think the Saints game will be closer than people think. Um, and I actually don't think the Cowboys will play very well against L.A. Um, and AFC, you've got Chiefs versus Colts and Patriots versus Chargers. I'll uh, say that the Chiefs avenge their uh, their ghosts of playoff past, and they win. Yeah, I, I think the Chiefs win by 10, at least. And I'm going to pick an upset. I'm going to say that the Chargers go into Foxborough. And pull the upset. And it sets up a third round of Chiefs Chargers after they've split the first two and the Chargers won that crazy game a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I, I think the Chargers are the most likely upset possibility with the Eagles being the second. Um, there's just something about that team in Philadelphia, you know, that make me want to believe. 
Yep. So yeah, I will say Chiefs for sure. I I mean I think the Chiefs win by at least ten. Um, and buck that trend. Um, I would love to see Chiefs Patriots just because that if they beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship, that could really change the um, yeah. You want to talk about perception? You want to talk about the dynasty? There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. I mean, the timing is just is too good and. That would really change the national conversation in the AFC about the Patriots still being the Patriots and then, you know, other teams kind of trying to supplant them. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm going to pick the Patriots just because I don't like the Chargers at all, and I would love to see them lose. Um, But – and it's mainly because I want to see the Chiefs-Patriots. Like I said, though, the Chargers probably have the best chance of the road team winning. Have you ever seen the chart? I think it goes back like ten or fifteen years, but it's it's like every AFC quarterback in the Super Bowl since I want to say like close to fifteen years, and it's either Manning, Manning or Tom Brady. Brady or Roethlisberger. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, with a with a Joe Flacco appearance thrown in there. <laughs> I can't believe Joe Flacco has a Super Bowl ring. I mean, good for him. But... Yep. Well. Uh, Never mind. Say so Eli. Right, so Eli's got it there. You think uh, Chargers, Chiefs, and the AFC Championship, and then Rams? Yes. Who's making the Super Bowl then? Uh, I think I think Arrowhead will be unreal if they're hosting an AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll take the Chiefs, and I I think. Sean McVay, or excuse me, um, Sean Payton, Payton and and Drew Brees is is just too good a combo. They're too experienced uh, for the the McVay golf combination. So I'll take the the Saints to meet the Chiefs in in Atlanta. I like that pick. I do. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think I think it's incredibly likely for sure. Um. Yeah, I'll go with it. I'll I'll stick with you. I'll ride. I'll ride All right. With you on that. All right. Chiefs we'll and Saints. We'll go down together. We're double or nothing on that one. Yep. So yep. If, we're, if we're if we're wrong, we're both wrong. Exactly. All right. Well, you know, I actually do like NFL playoffs. Like the regular season gets a bit old after a while, but playoff football is. Whew, yeah. This weekend. This weekend will be good. Yeah. I've, 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 I mean, like, there's there's not a bad game. No, I feel like the first two weekends are really the best. And then next week will be fine. The championship games in uh, the, the Super Bowl will be good. But I, I just feel I like... Super Bowl is usually disappointing. I just feel like the wild card and the divisional weekends, mm-hmm. there's, just some, there's usually like stranger things that happen. And uh, by the time you get to the championship game, you know, things have kind of fleshed their way, fleshed their things out. And, so, yeah, I, I think this weekend could be wild. For sure. Well, we will have to watch it closely and then come back and discuss next week. Sounds good, sir. All right, friend. Good talking to you, man. You too, as well. See you Peace. next week. See you. Bye.